Welcome, welcome, welcome back to Real Time Soccer Podcast. We have a good show for you guys today. It's been a while, it's been a while. It's been about, I think, over a month since we recorded our last episode. We've been busy. Couple weeks. Couple weeks, yeah. And uh, we just wanted to get back on track, plan some things out before we get back into the studio, obviously. Um, how you been? I'm doing good. Back at it. Uh, happy New Year. It's true. Happy New Year to everybody. Hope everybody had a Merry Christmas if you celebrate Christmas. Hope everybody got those New Year's resolutions in. New Year, new me. Exactly. New Year, new me, right? And new podcast. And new podcast. <laughs> um, there's a lot of things that happened since we last recorded. Um, we're going to try and touch up on the most important things. Um, we may not get to everything, but uh, as of this episode, everything else should be in order, um, which is awesome. Uh, so, today, January the 15th, uh, a couple things. Do you want to start? Um, yeah, well, we we missed that uh, Manchester-Arsenal game, which I don't really want to talk about, but it is yes, what it is. Yes, sir. We won't go too much yes, into it, sir. but uh, if you want to say anything on it, the floor is yours. I just want to say that. I'll 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 just say this. Uh, great game. There's been a constant progression with uh, Mikel Arteta as a coach. <coughs> there's been that was his first win. That was his first win. Well, yes, but there's been a progression in, in terms of the way we play. My only problem is that we seem to be uh, starting slowly every second half. We have a good first half, and then we we start battling the second, which seems to be a constant. Uh, it's a, it's, good, it's a constant thing that I've noticed so far. Hopefully it changes in the future, but a good win. We needed that against a good uh, rival as well. So it was a it was a must win for us. Yeah. So yeah, I'll just say this for now. The the it's one game. It's against Manu. Yes, it's a big rival and everything. It's but it's one game and we need to keep going up and keep consistency up and that's our goal. You guys are still pretty. Uh, you guys are still below us. Yeah. In the table. You gotta start uh, winning some games, getting them uh, winning some games in a row. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, that's the most important one. Consistent results. We're not getting consistent results for as of right now, and that's what's kind of hurting us. But I'm confident that Arteta would eventually get the right uh, strategy. There's, I kind of like what he's doing right now, but uh, there needs to be more consistency, and that's what's uh, and that's what we're waiting for right now. Yeah. What else did you want to mention? Uh, well. I, we can talk quickly about that Liverpool Spurs game last weekend. Uh, Spurs didn't play a great game, but considering the personnel that they had for this game, Mourinho didn't have much of a choice. Liverpool was controlling the entire game. Uh, a comfortable 2-0 win. That Firmino goal was pretty like I thought it was a pretty good goal as well. A pretty good goal, body fend and everything. That was he was in a drought. No, he he hadn't scored for a while. Yeah, he hasn't scored in a while, but he's coming. He he came back in form today, and yeah, yeah, he had a good game. The whole team had a good game, to be honest. So an easy win. Spurs needs to figure it out because uh, I'm they'll probably have to get a striker during this window because I don't know if Mora and Stoner is gonna be enough for the rest of the season. I know Hurricane is injured for a while, so we'll see. But yeah, easy win for Liverpool, and they still haven't lost this season, so. Spurs just uh, just got uh, Fernandez. Oh yeah, Justin Fernandez, right? Justin Fernandez, yeah. 
So perhaps an undefeated season for for Liverpool. We don't know. Hopefully not. Honestly. I mean, I yeah. Hopefully not. I know you don't want to because you're the only team that's been undefeated. Undefeated. But uh, I hope someone makes them lose. I mean, we're the only team that's made them drop points. And honestly, I'm surprised about that. It shouldn't be us. <laughs> but uh, the Premier League is very unpredictable. So um, the worst team could beat the best team. And it's going to be hard for them to stay consistent the whole year. But they've been doing it. Honestly, they're super impressive. And uh, hopefully they lose. Yeah. And you guys are next too, so we'll see. I know it. Well, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, we'll talk about it later. Uh, what else we have? So, oh, uh, Atletico Barca Spanish Super Cup. Actually, that was the Super Cup was taking place taking place in Saudi Arabia. So that was interesting. All I know is that it was kind of a tournament type of type of event where they had uh, Madrid Valencia play once, uh, and then uh, Barca Madrid was Barca Atletico was the final. And uh, wait, no, that was not the final. Yeah. That was not the final, sorry. Madrid, Atletico was the final. Atletico made that comeback. And Atletico ended up uh, losing because Madrid... Because Madrid had Valverde tackle, the Valverde tackle. Am I thinking of the most recent uh, matchup between Atletico and Barca? Yeah, uh, no, Atletico, you mean Atletico and Madrid or Atletico or Barca? Atletico and Barca. Yeah, that was a comeback. That was a comeback. And, uh, yes, the... Why, why I wanted to mention that game is because that was the last game of, of uh, Ernesto Valverde. So he got sacked uh, yesterday, so officially out. Yeah, there was rumors that it wasn't he was going to be sacked at like at the end of the year, but then literally the next day he he's done. I mean, we kind of saw this coming. I mean, they have not been at their at their best, and they should be. And he kind of just seemed like. I don't know why it's been, but ever since Pep left, it seems like they they haven't been hiring like top quality managers for some reason, and they could get top top quality managers. Do you get the same kind of impression? Well, more or less, I feel like some of the criticism that he had, or I mean, if we're talking about Valverde specifically, well, first of all, for from just following up on what you said, I feel like they still had a, good, a couple good coach after Pep left. Like where uh, Valverde wasn't probably the best, but Enrique was pretty good. I thought Martino was all right. But they all end up not delivering. Yeah, that's the issue. They ended up not delivering because what they, what Barca really wants is that Champions League, right? Yeah, I mean, the league they they have competition for the league, Atletico and Real Madrid, but Madrid, yeah. But they really won the Champions League. They can... Exactly. Like, they can win the the La Liga as whenever they want kind of thing, you know? Pretty much. But, yeah. Uh, I don't know if their criticism for Valverde was pretty much uh, deserved. For, some, for most of it, I get it. But I feel like the Barca fans were mostly complaining about the way of play rather than the results. Because if you look at the table, they're first right now. There are a certain amount of points Madrid, 40 each. But I feel like their way of playing is the part that was very uh, criticized. Not just from the Barca fans, but like just from the world of football in general. Like the experts are talking about how the four-four-two may not be the best formation for this Barcelona team. Uh, some of the players were also underperforming. Obviously, like Griezmann hasn't been as good as he wants to. He was out of form for the longest time. Yeah, he was out of form for a while. Busquets has also been out of form. 
So that doesn't obviously help. And the team has to rely on Messi for a while. Now, with that new coach coming in, Kike Setien, who used to coach Betis, that was a good team. He had a good Betis team. Uh, we'll see how it goes. He doesn't have Suarez right now. Suarez is injured for a while. So I think this is actually this might be a good chance for Griezmann uh, as the number nine to see how he can uh, how that works out. And uh, that may also be a chance for Dembele as well because if Griezmann goes back into the number nine role, that leaves a wing spot. And I think that Dembele has to be the one, if not Ansu Fati, because Ansu Fati has been playing for a while. Yeah, he's been doing well. Hopefully Dembele comes back and uh, kind of gets a consistent amount of games because he's been injured. Feels like he's always injured. Always, always, always. Yeah, that's the issue with him. And he's so young. That's the problem, yeah. He's so young, but he's been injured so many times this season already. And it's getting, it's kind of getting frustrating for Barcelona as well. Like It's going to ruin his reputation. Yeah, hopefully that changes. But yeah, we'll see how Kike Setien does. Maybe, a, hopefully a different uh, Barcelona style of play. Or going back to the original Barcelona type style of play, basically. Something that's more attractive rather than like results-based. Because that's what Robert was mostly criticized about, is the style of play. But uh, yeah, that's that's all I gotta say for that. Oh, I wanted to mention, did you see that Valverde tackle in that uh, final? Uh, no, I didn't see it. So basically, Morata was only one on one. They were, in, I think, they were in overtime at that point. And uh, Valverde is the only the Valverde the midfielder is the only uh, uh, guy tracking back, and he tackles Morata at the end. There gets the right card, obviously. It wasn't. A, it was a thing. It was a free kick. It went over. It went away. Uh, didn't score off that. Uh, going, they go to penalties and they ended up Madrid ended up winning. A lot of people were crediting uh, Valverde for that, and many people also compared it to the Suarez handball in the uh, quarterfinals in the World Cup 010. That gave him the instant red card, and then the penalty was saved. Yeah, exactly. I thought it was uh, clever. I mean, Valverde was had no choice. I think it was the right thing to say. Even Simeone, Simeone was like, "Yo, I would have done. This. I don't." Think he did the right. He did the right thing. Sorry, he did the absolute right thing, and anybody in that position would have done the same thing. So I thought it was a, uh, that was a smart thing to do. It's interesting. And uh, don't you think? Don't don't you think it goes like against the game a little bit? No, you're trying to win. Yeah, but it goes against the game. But like, uh, if you're on a breakaway, and you believe it's not even if you believe or not. So if you're on a breakaway, you know you have a couple minutes before the end of the game, you make the tackle. I don't. It doesn't like. I've heard. I I was thought. I was looking. I was listening to this uh, podcast that I, I usually listen to, talking tactics, and they mentioned that as well. Uh, one of the hosts was talking about how Valverde basically. I they because they, they were comparing it to the uh, Suarez handball as well, and they were talking about how this may have been considered cheating. I may not be quoting that well, but that it's basically cheating and everything. I kind of disagree with that. I feel like it was the... I mean, it's, it's kind of like in basketball when you'll go foul the person on purpose so he can try... so he gets the free throw so he can get the ball back kind of thing, you know? At the end of the game when you're when you're trailing. Like, they, they foul the person on purpose to make him get three free throws. Um, because if he misses the free throws, they'll get the ball back. Or they have a chance to get the ball back instead of letting them waste time. So it's the same kind of principle here. Like, you're, you're tackling on purpose... Um, yes, you're. You know, you're going to get a red card. But I guess the only thing that bothers me is, um, like, the person can actually get injured. Like, what if he tackled him, got a red card, and like, whoever was tackled is injured for the rest of the season? Morata. No, but I mean, like, in a general, in a general way. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, I see. Uh, I think it's a risk you have to take, really. I mean, it's a risk you have to take for the for the the tackler. But how do you how do you justify that for the person being tackled? Like he had no intention of getting the ball. He just tried to tackle the player because he did not want him to score, so they can win the game. So are you saying like a person's health is more is less important than winning a game? No, I'm saying that he he wanted to win the game, and in the in the heat of the moment, you don't think about the constant what what comes after. I mean, you should. How would you feel if you were the person that maybe lets you I don't know what kind of tackle you broke your ankle, your career your career may be over. Well, career over. I don't know about career over. I mean, it, it'll take months and months and months of rehab and surgery and everything just to come back from that. And then you may not even be the same player ever again. Yeah, but to be fair, uh, looking back at a tackle, I don't think it was that bad. Of, it wasn't like a horrifying tackle. No, I know, but I'm, I'm not saying, I'm not using this one in particular. I'm just saying the general principle of what we're talking about. Like, it's an iffy topic. In general? Okay, well... In- it's a iffy topic. Okay, in general, maybe it's harsh, but in the Mahita moment, for that one specifically, I think it was it was clever. Like now we can, now yeah, for sure, it's different. If it was uh, he jumped in front of the goal to save the save a goal with a handball, knowing he's gonna get a red card, but maybe the penalty will be saved. You know, who knows? That's different than I don't know. Um, I get trying to make a tackle. Uh, to save the game, but if he uh, if he has no intention of getting the ball and just trying to tackle the player, hurt the player just because he doesn't want him to score, um, that's kind of not cool for me. I've heard like mixed mixed opinions here and there, but yeah, it's like I guess it's a debate for another day. But yeah, it's a it's a tricky one, I guess. It's a tricky one. Uh, Juve Roma. Juve Roma also happened in the weekend. Uh, 2-0 for Juve. Took care of business. Yeah, taking care of business as usual. But Zaniolo, uh, for Roma, Zaniolo got injured. And for he got a, a ACL. So that's going to take a while. So he's basically out of the Euros for Italy as well. For the season, most likely he's done. Yeah, yeah, the season is done for sure, yeah. And then I don't think he's going to make it to the Euros because timeline and everything it might be too short. So that sucks. Uh... Oh, that's a tough one because he had a really good season as well. He was getting, he was playing well. Yeah, he was having a great season. And also, he was getting, he was also like getting a lot of minutes for Italy as well. I think he was a starter at that point. Uh, and also for Juve, uh, the defender Mary Demiral, uh, Turkish defender, got injured ACL as well, which really sucks. Two ACL in one game, and uh, he's gonna be out for Turkey, and that's a big one because he was uh, the starter for Turkey. With uh, Soyuncu from Leicester, so that's going to be a major problem for Turkey in terms of uh, figuring out that uh, back four or that center back partnership. But uh, Delik got some game time as well, so he, that was uh, positive. They got some, they got someone to replace Demiral right away. So Delik is getting some playing time. He's not. There's been rumors about him maybe going back to Ajax for like uh, for a loan to get more minutes. I don't think it's going to happen. Now, now I don't think it's gonna happen for sure, but uh, it's one to keep up to keep uh, looking at just in case. An eye on. Yeah, keeping an eye on. Uh, what else we at? PSG Monaco. PSG Monaco, yeah. So three three, very good game. Uh, not to be confused, they actually played today as well because of a game that was rescheduled, and PSG beat them four one. 
at home. So this one, this that was the game for today. But on the weekend, they played in Paris 3-3. Uh, they recently uh, hired a new coach. So Jardim is never no longer the coach of Monaco. Uh, the current coach's name is... Can't remember. It's the he used to coach for he used to coach Spain as well. He was interim for Spain. I believe it's Gomez something Gomez. Uh, well, I may be looking wrong at that. Let me see. Monaco has been like really uh, on the decline lately. Yeah, they've been they've been inconsistent. They've been highly inconsistent this season. They've been getting results, and then there's some results that are like. You look at it and you don't really understand how that happened. So the name of the, yeah, the new coach is Robert Moreno. That's right, yeah. Robert Moreno. I haven't heard of him. Yeah, he used to coach Spain as the injury manager when uh, Luis Enrique left. So obviously when uh, Luis Enrique came back, uh, there was a bit of a issue between the two. And he eventually he left himself. So he now coaches Monaco and he had a good game. Fabregas was uh, playing well. That Fabregas had a good game, I thought. Uh, Bakayoko. How old is Fabregas? Fabregas is like 30 plus. Really. He's got to be late 30s, no? Uh, I think he has to be, yeah. No, I think he's late 30s. I think he might be right on that. Or mid 30s? Late 30s for sure. Dang. Time passes fast, man. Yeah, Fabregas has been... I've been yeah, 30... Actually, wait. Whoa. You, you're wrong. 32. 32? Okay. I thought he was gonna be 34, 35 as well, yeah. But no, I guess he's been he's been playing for a while, going around for a while, yeah. But uh, he had a good game. Would you consider him an Arsenal legend? Uh, yeah, I think so. I would. I would. Yeah. Yeah, I would. Interesting. I think the the quality that he showed at the Emirates, or even when Onyo was still there, I think he has to be a legend. Yeah, for sure. I know it was off topic. What about uh, RVP? Do you consider him a Arsenal legend? I don't know if it's an Arsenal legend, but probably a Premier League legend overall. Because I, I, he's one of my favorite players of all time. Um, I want to consider him a Man United legend. <laughs> Only for two seasons, though. I know, but he won the league. True. Maybe he would. Maybe he would. But yeah, it's a it's a tricky one. Van Persie is a tricky one. I know. Okay, let's continue. Yeah, going back. Uh, yeah, so Bakayoko had a pretty good game. From what I saw, from what I saw, I only watched the second. I watched most of the second half. I I've only watched like 20 minutes of the first half, so I missed the first 25 minutes, and that's where most of the action was. But uh, Neymar, Mbappe, Di Maria, and Icardi as a front four is deadly. But today, that day, they weren't really because they missed a lot of chances. Mbappe could have won the game, won the game at the end there, but kind of missed the the volley. Uh, Cavani came back as well. He might be leaving. Yeah, that team has insane like talent like that. It's crazy. Yes, that front four is seriously the uh, getting Icardi was a smart move. Now that looking back at it, now it looks really. Uh, and Cavani seems like he's probably going to go. I know he's linked to a lot of clubs. Yeah, uh, I heard Atleti. Atleti might be the way. Something like that. I heard also Inter Miami, uh, Beckham's team in the MLS. So that's another option, probably. I don't think he's gonna to go to the MLS. No, yeah, it's probably gonna be um, it's probably gonna be uh, Atleti, Atleti. So, PSG draws for not the first time, but it's a it's it was an interesting draw because it was a very good game for the neutrals. So that was uh, 
a good re- a big results of the weekend. But yeah, so far this weekend has been I'm I have a lot of expectations for next weekend. Obviously, Man U, Liverpool, uh, Arsenal, Sheffield. But we'll talk about it later. Let's just go to the transfers. This is the what I want to talk about. Yeah, you. I know you want to talk about this one. <laughs> Um, so the main one that I want to talk about was the Haaland transfer. Um, he was linked to us for so long. I mean, he wasn't, he didn't start being linked to us at the, at the start of his like transfer rumors and then slowly and surely linked to us with the, the, you know, the link with Ole and everything. And then Ole went to see him and apparently it was a good talk, but he couldn't talk about it much. But in the press conference, Ole gave back at the day, like, he seemed like he was going to sign. Like, he kind of knew what he was going to do, but he couldn't say anything. And then, literally, like, two weeks later, he signs with Dortmund, which is the smart move for his career. Um, but it just goes to show, like, Man United, we're linked to everybody, but we get... I don't think we get any of the targets we actually want. It's insane. It's like everybody knows their stock gets goes higher by being linked with Man United, so... People just link link to us all the time. But like you said, like uh, Haaland to Dorman is the logic move. It's it's a smart move to make. Dorman needs a striker. Yeah, because you know he couldn't get, he couldn't get guaranteed play time if he signs with us. I mean, we have we had Rashford, Martial, and he needs guaranteed play time at a top club, and that's what he's gonna get now. So it's it's the only logical move for him, in my opinion. It wasn't just Manu as well. Like he got linked to Juve as well. That was dumb. I don't think that. I don't know how that would have worked out. Uh, he got linked to Leipzig. Probably not the right move now with Werner still being informed the way he's playing right now. So Dorman is a logic move for sure. Uh, Sancho though, I don't think he's leaving. I don't know. It comes like every week or so. It's like Sancho wants to leave. He's fallen out with the directors there, and then next thing you know, there's another report that comes out saying. Sancho's not leaving in January. Like, there's no way he's leaving in January. We're not letting him leave. Okay, so who do you trust? But I don't think uh, he's gonna end up leaving this uh, this month. I mean, lately it's been a bit quiet in regards to Sancho. What I I think what could happen, and that's probably the only option, is he gets uh, is that he gets a deal kind of like Pulisic did, so like signs in January but leaves in the summer. But leaves in yeah. I mean that may happen, but I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, because I don't see who would. Get him right now. At that, at this point of the season, I don't think it's uh, especially that's that's because that's a hundred million plus easily. Yeah, definitely. So uh, I don't, I don't know if it's uh in anybody's plans right now, but I guess we'll see. Uh, so who do you think is possibly going coming to Man U this winter if somebody's coming, or who do you think is leaving also? Oh boy, so we're going to have to talk about Bruno Fernandes because for the last like week, he's been linked to us like extremely hard. And at the beginning, I didn't want to think too much of it because this is exactly what was happening in the summer. People were saying he was on the jet, in the jet flying to England to sign with us and nothing ever happened. And then he ended up signing a new deal with uh, Sporting. So... I don't know what to believe. And then recently, like in the last couple of days, there's been more reports by like reputable sources saying that he wants to move to United. He's told the club, um, we want him. There's fees that are being are agreed upon. But then you see him playing against Benfica like the day before he's supposed to transfer to a new team. Like, how does that happen? 
I've never seen that before. So that's why I'm I, in my head. I'm like I can't convince myself that it's actually going to happen. Because who who lets a player that's about to sign for a new club play and risk getting injured? You know. So I'm just confused about that one. If we sign him, I will be over the moon. This is like the one player I want. I wanted to be signed in the summer. We need midfield help desperately. Um, not addressing that in the summer, and then Pogba getting injured, and now McTominay getting injured. We literally have nobody in the midfield anymore. We have Matic and Fred. And Fred has come into his own, which is great, but Matic is past it, and he wanted to leave, and he's now we we're forced to rely on him to play for our midfield. Like, it's crazy. And... I heard Milan or Chicago for Matic. I think it's going to be Inter Milan, I think. For some reason, they loved it. No, AC Milan. AC Milan. I heard I saw Inter Milan, and they also want Ashley Young. That's what I saw. Actually, isn't that, isn't that official? Like, soon? Pretty much signed? Um, it's not official. Apparently, recent, the last thing I saw was apparently there was a falling out in a deal, and they're still talking stuff now. So, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I saw that, too, because apparently... Uh, um, Inter traded a player with Roma. And we're apparently desperately begging for... Yeah, apparently we're desperately begging for Ashley Young to send to sign another uh, one-year deal with us, which is actually embarrassing if it's true. It's it's literally embarrassing. Um, That's ironic. Ashley Young, you're begging Ashley Young to stay. Like, please, go. All right, I'm going to name you three players, all right? And I want to see... Tell me who do you want if you could have him? Would you want him or no? So I'm just I'll name you three three players. Uh, would you like Ericsson? Christian Ericsson? Sure, sure. But depending on who else, like he's getting older. The only reason I would like him is that it wouldn't cost us much. But we have the money to dish out. We can get a better player. But I wouldn't complain. Yeah, I mean he's been he's also he's also been linked with Inter and Madrid as well as PSG. So. I think I think he's gonna end up going to Italy, but we'll see. Uh, James Rodriguez. Yes. Ah, uh, yes. I will take James Rodriguez. Yes, hundred percent. Uh, Emery Chan. That's an if you want. He said that he wouldn't come to Man United because of his uh, stint with Liverpool, but he's a good player. What are your thoughts on that? I thought Emery Chan was would have been a good option because you guys need midfielders, and James is more of a number ten. Yeah, I think I think we were trying to I think. Apparently, we were trying to get him, but I don't think he would come because he used to play for Liverpool. It's like, imagine Wayne Rooney going to sign with Liverpool. Not exactly the same because Emerton is not at the level with Liverpool that Rooney was with us, but I can see how some, like, fair play to him if he doesn't want to sign for us because of that, you know? Yeah, I see your point. I see your point, yeah. Uh, what else? Oh, um, do you think Lingard might be leaving soon? Potentially. We want to talk about um, him changing his agent to Mina Raiola, who obviously is an agent that a lot of people hate because he screws over a lot of clubs, especially. He has, like, people say he's very greedy, so he always tries to get the most money for himself and his agent, uh, his uh, player, obviously, but um, he's done some questionable things in the past, and it's hard to deal with him. Also, he doesn't like Manu. He doesn't like Manu. Like he wants Pogba out, and he said recently, like he wouldn't if he was like there was Maldini and all these old like legendary players. Like if they signed to United, United would ruin them now. So he really does not like United. So Jesse Lingard going and getting a manager, uh, an agent like that, kind of points towards him probably 
leaning towards leaving. Um, he has not had a goal or an assist in over a year. So I will, I guess, welcome him leaving. But I don't know. Like it, when I think of Jesse Lingard, I, it's hard for me to picture him in a different club. But I know that's the thing too. I, I can't see him anywhere else. And he's a product of our youth, and he's had some great, uh, great spells for us. Like he's been Messi Lingard, you know. But Messi Lingard. <laughs> he's been Messi Lingard, but there's also the the places where. Um, he hasn't performed, and for a year he hasn't done much, and even coming off the bench, or at, least, at least taking place over our youngsters that are trying to get into their first team, like Angel Gomez, who um, is probably going to leave because, you know? Well, yeah, that's the thing. Lingard is uh, taking spots, but he's not performing. Yeah, exactly. Kind of like how Mata on the bench is kind of taking spots from the youngsters, but not performing. But Mata is there for more than... He scored today. Yeah, he scored today and he, he the, against Wolves in the FA Cup. Um, 1-0 win. But um, the same kind of thing where he's kind of a player that's past it and uh, way past his prime um, and shouldn't be starting for Man United, you know? Well, that is something that we'll have to keep an eye on. Hopefully Jesse figures it out. I kind of want him to stay, to be honest, because I kind of like him. But, except when he plays against Arsenal. But... You like Emily rocking in the at the Emirates? No, that's the thing. I don't. I like him, but then when he does that, I, I'm like, "Yo, bro, it's not necessary. You didn't have to do all that." But it's fair. It's all good. It's fair play for him. Uh, in terms of Arsenal, uh, a couple months ago, I think I I mentioned, in the in the last few episodes, I mentioned that uh, Jaka might be leaving and that it was a bad idea. Now it looks like uh, he was. On the verge of joining Erta Berlin, I think it was almost agreed. But since Arteta came back and the performance has been how they've been, he might actually stay. So I think Arteta might have convinced him to stay, which is great because we need uh, midfielders. But we, are, but we mainly need defensive midfielders and a center back. But even if he does stay, I think that we, I still think that we need a better defensive midfielder if possible. Uh the idea of getting Julian Weigel from Dortmund may have could have been a good idea, but he went to Benfica out of nowhere. That was pretty random. That was kind of random. So that's obviously out of the picture. Uh, the other option that we may have, and that I think might be the right one, is uh, Bubokari Sumare from Lille. He's been playing for Lille for I think two seasons now, and he's been playing well. He was in Champions League, starting a Champions League with Lille against Chelsea, Ajax, and Valencia. Uh, he had a good run of games. This season. He's having a good run of game this season. He's been linked to Manu as well. He's been linked to a lot of Premier League clubs, actually. So he's a name that I hope will eventually get linked more to Arsenal and like that we eventually will get be able to get. Because we need defense. We need a number six. Because we have a number 10, obviously, in Ozil. You need a little bit of everything, to be honest. Yeah. I I wouldn't mind having a center back right now. I just don't know who. We can't if we can get William Saliba back from his loan, that could be a good option. Uh, maybe another center back from another Premier League club if anybody's willing to loan one. I heard John Stones. I don't think that's realistic, really, because uh, City also have their issues defensively, and they want. They, I don't think they want to like uh, reinforce their rival. But it is a it is a Euro year for a year a Euro twenty twenty year as well. So 
Johnstone needs needs some game time, and since we lost Chambers recently, I don't think it would hurt if we actually considered that option. But other than that, I don't see who else we could bring. Hopefully, we don't lose Aubameyang as well. I keep seeing him wanting to leave, but nothing happening yet. <clears throat> yeah, I don't think he's gonna end up leaving in this this window. Hopefully, he doesn't. Because if he does, that'll be like a major. That's a major setback. Because that sets back sets us back like a couple couple windows back actually. So we don't we don't want that to happen. At least a year. At least a year. Yeah. And that's we're we're going we're we're making progress slowly but surely, but we can't have that because that would be like taking two step forward and then three step back. Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, is there any transfer that I've I haven't heard of? I mentioned Ericsson to enter probably. I don't know if that's gonna happen or not. Is there anything else that you want to mention transfer wise? Um, I just the fact that I hope I hope I hope we get Bruno Fernandez done because. That would be a revolutionary signing for our team, I believe. Like he has the potential to be like world class, um, and I hope we sign him, and I hope we get the best out of him. Um, but I still don't think that uh, guarantees Ole's safety if he has a, a below average season, which is looking like now. Uh, oh, also uh, Spurs need a striker because uh, Hurricane is down for a while. I think we, we mentioned that earlier. Spurs need a striker bad. So, I don't know. I wonder who they'll get. Uh, I mean, Piantec has been mentioned. Llorente, Dzeko. I saw I saw Piantec rumors. Um, that would be interesting. That would be interesting. Because I feel like he could probably get, use a change of scenery with Milan being how Milan is right now. He started so he started so hot with them. Yeah. Ibra's back, though. So And he's scoring. Like, he scored in the first game. So, that was good. Yeah, Ibra's just on another level. Like, longevity-wise, I mean. Yeah, he's... A, He's a different kind of guy. He's a different player. Age is just age is just a number. He's there's only one Zlatan. There's only one Zlatan. Yeah, that might be the name of the episode. There's only one Zlatan. Yeah, there you go. You're welcome. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Uh, player of the week. You don't have one right now, but who would you be? Who would you be your player of the? I mean, the last two weeks, I guess. The last few weeks. Um, I think. Oh, from last week. Yeah, but you can go back as well since we haven't done it since. But well, I was gonna take I would take Rashford. I mean, Rashford's been on fire. Um, scored a brace last game. Um, for this upcoming week, I would put uh, Sadio Mane. I think he's going to go off against us. Um, oh yeah, true. And Rashford's injured. And Rashford is injured. That's what you've been kind of like hinting at. He just got injured today against Wolves. Um, Ole brought him on because we desperately needed a win. And he always said he knew that Rashford was kind of like dealing with some like back and knee problems, but he brought him on because we needed to win, and then he got injured. Um, so you kind of see that it wasn't really worth it. And I hope, I hope this injury isn't serious, and I hope he can be fit to play on Sunday against Liverpool because without him, I don't see how we even come close to winning this game. It would take a miracle. Yeah, it'll take a miracle or a blessing or something. Or, uh, so I had originally my first play was Adama Traore because I thought he had a good uh, running game. Mm-hmm. He's been on fire. He's been on fire for a couple of weeks now. Consistency, even that City game, that comeback against City, that was a great game. I think it was a man of the match in that. Uh, but I do want to give a shout out to. Uh, oh, first of all, uh, you mentioned Sadio Mane, so shout out to Sadio Mane for the African Player of the Year. That was. Uh, 
an obvious award. Yeah, we missed that while we were off for uh, a little while, but uh, took it away from uh, took it away from uh, Salah. Mares and Salah, but that was an obvious choice. So there's no debate there. But uh, the player that I wanted to mention was um, Romelu Lukaku. Is lights out. He's also been uh, he's also been scoring goals. He's been scoring a lot of goals. I honestly believe that right now the way that uh, he plays now, he's easily a top five striker in the world. I'd say. Interesting. I would put uh, Benzema, Lewandowski, Aguero, and maybe Harry Kane ahead of him. And maybe Aubameyang. Right, right now, like, like right now. Well, Harry Kane's not fit. Okay, so I'll put Aubameyang. <laughs> oh, okay. Rashford, hello. No. Rashford's been scoring so many, so many goals. So has Lukaku. Yeah. So why is Aubameyang in there? Aubameyang has also been scoring a lot of goals, and I'm and I'm an Arsenal fan, so a bit of bias. <laughs> and I'm a Man United fan, so there you go. I think uh, Rashford's second in uh, scoring. In the league? In the BPL, yeah. No. Oh no, never mind. Yeah, that's what I was about. I was about to say. There's no way. He's he has 14 goals. He's tied for second. Okay, 14 goals. That's he has the same amount of goals as uh, Aubameyang. Okay, see, that's his career best too. Yeah, he has. Uh, I think he has 20 goals in uh, all competitions. And last year he he ha- were a bit past the uh, halfway mark of the season. And last year I think he had uh, 18 all competitions. So he's already better than last year. And he's we're, we still have almost half a year to go. Okay, so we're we're seeing we're seeing constant progress in Rashford's game right now. So that's good to see. That's good to hear. That's good to know. Sorry, but yeah, Lukaku is still top five to me, easily. I don't see how you put Rashford ahead of him. I don't think you can. But uh, moving forward to the matchups of uh, next week. So you mentioned obviously Manu, Manu Liverpool. You said who was going to win in your opinion? Uh, Liverpool. If Liverpool lose that game, I mean, how can you predict anything other than that? They haven't lost a game the whole season. They've tied one game. True, true. true. And we've lost our best player. How? What? What else is there to say? I'm yeah. I'm obviously calling Liverpool win as well. Uh, Sheffield. Arsenal playing is playing Sheffield, so I'm a bit nervous because last time we played Sheffield, we got slapped. Sheffield is a hard side to play against. Like they're still competing for. They're right on the cusp of uh, top four. Like they're in those teams that are looking for the spot. Uh, I don't know how the Sheffield organized their season or how they like planned it. I'm sure they weren't planning top five. It it kind of gives us the same vibe as the year uh, Leicester won the league. Like we're kind of just like, how is this team here? You know? Yeah. No, they're definitely doing well. The year before Leicester won the league, they were fighting relegation. Yes, exactly. If the leagues ended today, I would give Chris Wilder the the manager uh, coach of the year. I mean, probably, yeah, I'd agree with you. But if 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 Klopp went undefeated, though, I mean, you'd have to, no? You'd have to give it to him, yeah. Okay, if 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 the Liverpool goes undefeated, you have to give it to Klopp. But if the season had, to, if they lose a game or the season had to end today, I would give it to Chris Wilder, like by a mar- by, by far the best coach of the season. Going from the championship to like top five, halfway through the season is impressive. Well, top five, top the top tier of the table. During their first part of the season is impressive, and it's not something that every club can do. So, credit to him, credit to Sheffield in general. They're a good team. Hopefully, we can get a win. I'm hoping for a win, but I'm a bit, I'm a bit shaky because we have had a good run of games, but we also have uh, 
a shaky back four as always. So that's when that's that's something we have to figure it out. And also we're playing Chelsea after, so that's not a good game. Is interesting game that comes afterwards. So hopefully we can get two good results. So we're playing we're playing Chelsea midweek. So hopefully we can get a couple good two good results in two in two in a row. That would be a good. Uh, this is gonna be some big matchups though. It'll be a good motivation boost if we can get the two wins there. So I'm hopeful. Uh, moving on to what was I gonna talk about the last one? What was the last thing we got to talk about? The miscellaneous part. Um. Oh, MLS draft. Yeah, MLS draft. Sorry. Yeah. So the MLS draft happened last week. Uh. Explain to our uh, to our listeners what that's about. I don't think maybe uh, not a lot of them are familiar with uh, what the MLS has for entitled in terms of draft and whatnot because there's there isn't this in uh, any other league. Okay, so I mean, yeah, they don't have the hype that like the NBA or the NFL draft has. No, of course not. Basically, it's the same thing. So, be, uh, players that are uh, draft eligible are going through the draft to see if they can get drafted by a team. Uh, players obviously are from college. It might be some international players that are, that may be invited to a combine and then they play. To, this year, the combine was closed door, so nobody actually saw. There was actually no footage of it because usually there's like a footage or like live games that are happening between like players that are trying to get into the getting trying to get drafted. This year there wasn't that, so it was a closed door combine. Uh, from what I've seen, a couple of good players got drafted. Interesting players actually. Uh, Inter Miami. Was uh, Inter Miami was the first choice? That's Beckham's team. To what teams? So Inter Miami was the first choice. Uh, they, they selected a striker, Robbie Robinson. Plays for he played for Clemson, Clemson University. Go Tigers! Oh wait, they lost. They lost. Never mind. They lost. But yeah, that was an interesting uh, pick. Uh, I wanted to mention the couple of Canadians that got uh, drafted. So at number four, Ryan Raposo played for Syracuse. It's uh, he's a good player. I heard a couple good reviews about him. Uh, at number eleven for Nashville, another new franchise, Alistair Johnston was also selected. Johnston. 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 Yeah, played for Wake Forest. That's not a big program as well. They do a lot of uh, they, a, they have a lot of quality players over there. And the second one, I mean the third one rather. Is uh, I forgot his name. Dayan Harris, selected by uh, Real Salt Lake. So that is uh, I don't know much about him. I know he played for uh, for UConn, which is not a good school soccer wise. So we'll see how they go. The problem with this the MLS draft though is, and I gotta say this, is that a lot of those players won't make it through like uh, the actual team. So you know how if you get drafted, it doesn't necessarily mean that you are going to get on the team. You can get drafted and not be not being given a contract at the end. It only tells you that you're going to go into preseason, so it doesn't mean anything at all in terms of like playing time or getting a contract afterwards. You got to earn that contract later on. Uh, what I've noticed in the draft in the past though is that most of the players don't. A lot of players after their first round, for example, don't get uh, most uh, don't get the actual MLS contract. A lot of them get USL contract. Or NASL and do and go from there, but like usually the first round is mostly the most important one. Like after the first round, there's not that many. The player, the player quality kind of drops off a lot. Yeah, the player quality kind of drops a lot. Also because of that homegrown rule, 
a lot of players that are in college but do are still affiliated with uh, MLS clubs do end up just going back to their uh, getting a yeah getting a homegrown deal basically if the club wants them if not they go through the draft as always as everybody else but yeah the it's not as popular as the uh, NFL and NBA draft just because obviously the hyper soccer is not the same you see as there is here in North America in North America in general yeah so. That is that. Hopefully, they all a lot of them kind of make, kind of. Well, I I kind of hope that a lot of them actually make, uh, their a roster for the for the season. Hopefully, it works out. I mean, yeah, it'd be cool. There was a looking at the final four games. There was a lot of quality in like the, the football being played. Like Virginia was a good team. Obviously, they they ended up uh, they ended up, uh, not winning. Georgetown Georgetown won. Yeah, so Georgetown was a good team. Virginia was a good team. Stanford was always is always a good team. Uh, Wake Forest as well. Clemson is a good program. Akron used to be a good program. I don't know what they're they're a bit off right now, but yeah, they uh there's a couple good players here and there, and it's always you know everybody can't make it to a, a, a um an academy, so it's always a second I guess source of uh, quality players that you can always you can always find. But yeah, that's all I gotta say for that. Hopefully the hopefully it works out for some of them. Season is starting soon. I think it's in March, so preseason is about to start. I wonder if Inter Miami's is gonna f- uh, have a good one this year. Uh, there's two different teams, so Inter Miami and uh, Nashville SC. I wonder who's gonna have the better season in terms of like new new teams in the league. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. There's actually a lot of teams this year. If I'm counting right now. Two, four, six, eight, ten. Okay, I'm missing numbers, but there's a there's still a lot of teams that might still come in the league uh, for the next few years. So I know Sacramento is coming next year, St. Louis as well as Charlotte and Austin FC, Austin, Texas. It's kind of cool, like uh, how it how it works, but um, it doesn't get much uh... media. Yeah, exactly. What is what I was gonna say? I like the I I understand the process, but yeah, if looking back, like if you look at the previous draft compared to, if you look at the previous draft and the players that got selected versus the rosters that are current, the current rosters, you'll see that a lot of those players are not on those rosters for the most part. They'll play like I mentioned, they'll play probably in the USL and the NASL, which is a kind of a lower league, but it's still uh, I mean it's still a contract at the end of the day. It's not an MLS contract, but it's still a contract. So you get to accomplish that dream that you wanted of uh, becoming a professional soccer player oh also i just forgot um you know we, we haven't mentioned the cpl much but uh cpl player just got signed by the impact uh he played for cavalry the name i believe is joel joel waterman used to play for he's a center back so tells you that i will see the uh, mls clubs are look well mls clubs the canadian canadian mls clubs are looking at cpl players because there's some quality out there as well so the CPL is not as bad as people may think. Um, yeah, I think I think that covers it for uh, for today. All right. So thank you guys for listening this week. Make sure to follow us on our social medias at Real Time Soccer RTS, and uh, we look forward to seeing you guys next week. And it will be. I know we took a break, but now we're going to be consistent with the episode, so keep an eye on for that. And uh, we'll see you next time. Peace. Peace.